More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. It's Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. We are racked and stacked today. Just to give you a sense of where we're going, we got Stephen Miller coming up with us later on in the show. His America First Legal doing some fascinating stuff you're going to want to hear about. Those DEI hiring and contracting requirements that have been out there. They're unconstitutional, aren't they? We're going to find out. Bringing some lawsuits to talk about that. Tudor Dixon of the uh, Tudor Dixon podcast will be with us also the second hour. I've got a lot to discuss with her. We see some stories here we're going to want to dive into. Uh, for one thing, the CDC says there's a new COVID variant that is dominant. It is called Eris, which really does. It sounds like an emo band from the 90s, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Which is about right for COVID now. It's kind of like, womp, womp. It's just not, it's not what I need COVID. It ain't what it used to be, which is a good thing. We can all be very happy about that. Um, but maybe something to discuss on that point. Uh, some shakeups in the Republican primary of staff, at least. The DeSantis campaign replacing the uh, head of that campaign. Clay and I will discuss where we think that is going. Uh, another moment uh, of Joe Biden just saying things this was how he greeted a mother a grieving mother who lost a son in afghanistan during the biden disastrous withdrawal somehow biden made it all about him in the moment we will get into that coming up here in a few minutes but I, i wanted to start with this because this honestly is really set me off yesterday um as you all know, George Floyd has, well, he was the reason for the BLM 2.0 movement, which has been nothing but destructive and bad. And the people who raised all this money under the BLM banner, as we've seen, there's all these houses have been bought and everything. It The whole thing has just been a net negative for the American people overall, and particularly negative for minorities who live in higher crime neighborhoods who have had to suffer from the dramatic increases in crime where they live 
because liberals want to pander to the anti-police movement. That's what BLM did. It was not about making anybody safer. It was not about achieving or even focusing on racial justice. But as we know, the George Floyd uh, incident, which if you go back and read more about, you learn more about, the there are different coroner reports that I would recommend that you go and see for yourself. George Floyd was somebody with a long criminal record, including, and I think this is worth everybody hearing again because many people have not heard it, during a home invasion, sticking a loaded firearm at the belly of a pregnant woman and threatening to murder her and her unborn child. That is a matter of record. This is the person who now has murals in places all over America, who is treated as some kind of a patron saint of the anti-cop Democrat left. It's appalling. But as you know, there were other officers. There's Derek Chauvin, who's going to spend basically the rest of his life in prison. Um, and there are other officers who were present. One of them, who has already been in prison, was sentenced yesterday. And I want you to hear this sentencing that was handed down by this judge. This is Officer Tu Thao, um, who, was, who was present. He was just doing crowd control. He didn't lay a hand on George Floyd. He didn't encourage anything excessive to be done to George Floyd. He was just dealing with crowd control. He got almost five years in prison, handed down by a lunatic lib judge in Minnesota. Play clip six, please, so people As can count two, having been found guilty by the court of aiding and abetting manslaughter in the second degree, after a trial pursuant to Minnesota Rule of Criminal Procedure 26.01, subdivision three, judgment on the court is that you are convicted of that offense. Count one is dismissed pursuant to the negotiation. You are sentenced to 57 months in prison with credit for 340 days already served. This sentence will be concurrent with your federal sentences. I apologize, Your Honor. And will be served at a federal facility designated by the United States Bureau of Prisons. Upon release from your federal sentence, you will be transferred to the Minnesota Department of Corrections to serve the remainder of your state sentence unless alternative arrangements are made with the United States Bureau of Prisons. Clay, I and mean, we didn't hear the part where he says to start off, I expected you to be more sorry and more contrite. So he basically is slamming him with a, a particularly heavy-handed sentence. Uh, this judge, uh, let me see, Peter Cahill, is a disgrace. And now we look at this You say, why are, why are areas of cities so dangerous? What's going on? Well, who wants to be a cop these days, Clay? Who wants to deal with the politics? It's 100% right. And it seems to me increasingly that our entire justice system is not based on justice. It's based on what gets the most attention and identity politics. Because there's no way to justify this guy getting almost five years in prison for what he did. He's not being penalized for his crime relative to the other crimes that are being penalized in Minneapolis. He is being penalized for his crime relative to the amount of attention in the media it got. And that's not justice. In fact, it's actually the foundation of injustice. And I keep coming back to the metaphor because I think it matters so much, Buck. Lady Justice, when you see the scales of justice, she is blind. blind. Yes. And the idea behind this is so important 
The idea behind this is we are weighing guilt and innocent, behavior and misbehavior, and we are trying to we are aspiring to treat everyone the exact same regardless of what their identity is. And we have never as a nation done that perfectly. I'll be the first to acknowledge, but we are closer now today than we were in 1783 when America officially won its independence. And yet it seems to me we are now going backwards. And we are now treating people in a way that is predicated entirely upon their identity and entirely upon how the politics are applied in their particular case. And that's not justice. And Buck, I would say this really took off with Me Too, uh, where this idea was, oh, if you are a white man and you're accused of treating a woman improperly, you're guilty. The Brett Kavanaugh case, to me, crystallized that in a way that I still haven't gotten over. And I don't know how we fix it. Well, with Brett Kavanaugh, what we saw was on display the the left and at the highest level, including Kamala Harris personally, as a member of the Senate, trying to uh, ritually humiliate, denigrate, and destroy a manifestly innocent man because they are lunatics who want to kill babies for all nine months of a pregnancy, basically. That's what they were doing. It was all about protecting abortion. If you actually look at what was going on behind the scenes and why all these women were coming forward, and even some of them later, you know, it was obvious they were activists. They didn't even talk about some of the allegations because they were so clearly false. Yeah, and crazy. People fabric- yeah, crazy. I mean, they were people were saying Brett Kavanaugh raped me too. People who'd never met him and never been in the same state as him. I mean, it was just insane. Gang raped him. Some of these allegations. Well, there was that, that was that covered. was official. That was on the record. That yeah. one they were so crazy. That was Swetnick, Julie Swetnick. They actually introduced that one. Oh, I mean, it kept getting crazier and crazier because they were so um, utterly pathetic in their desire to do anything to destroy Brett Kavanaugh. But Clay, honestly, you, I mean, you look at the, I mean, you look at the OJ case, and there was a decision made that you know because of racism and a payback for racism this guy who i mean almost decapitated his ex-wife and an innocent bystander was going to just walk correct that was the decision that was made because of racism because of the emotional needs of the mob well it is the emotional needs of the mob that have also now sent officer two thou to prison for five years this guy didn't do anything It's just he was present for the martyrdom of St. George Floyd. We all know this is what's going on. And he even says, look, my conscience is clear. Play clip uh, play clip five. On that day, we didn't intend on uh, I didn't intend on uh, doing any uh, malice or or anything like that or or try to hurt anyone. Uh, That was never my intent. Uh, I did the best I thought I could. Obviously, uh, the outcome didn't come out the way uh, I wanted it. And despite what this court has ruled, I know we cannot hide our thoughts or intent from God, for we must give an account on the day we appear before God. Therefore, I must obey and hold on to the truth that I did not commit these crimes. My conscience is clear. My conscience is clear. Good for him. People, I hope you will say a prayer for Officer Thou tonight. He did nothing wrong. Not even borderline. He was just there doing crowd control while another officer was trying to subdue a drug-addled career criminal 
who died of a heart failure. That is what happened. And now they're sending him to prison for five years? I mean, you know, why are... Clay, do you see this woman who's uh, the TikTok influencer? She's like, someone spat in my face. It's horrible out there on the streets of San Francisco. And then and then it comes out that she's a huge BLM supporter. And you know what she's now now she's been sharing? Apparently, I saw Matt Walsh tweeted this out, that she's actually... She's claiming now that it was a it was a well dressed white man that spat in her face. Why why the need to clarify? Like who? No one's no one made any uh, any allegation about what the individual was like. We're just talking about crime. But she felt the need to clarify that after the fact. I give credit to this officer because we live in such an artificial world, and we'll talk about this a little bit with the R and B singer Neo, um, who I'm yeah. not an expert on. I know nothing about him, in fact, but I do find the story that is surrounding him right now for apology, take back the apology, the way that this goes. Buck, you know how this world works now. So many people apologize for things that they don't believe they've done anything wrong to just try to get people to stop paying attention to them and to judge them less severely. It takes true bravery and courage in the face of years in prison to stand up in front of that judge and say, my conscience is clear. Basically, I don't think I did anything wrong. And I'm not going to ritually humiliate myself and beg for forgiveness for something that I didn't do wrong. And Buck, I'm going to be honest with you. I can't claim that I know with 100% certainty that I would be brave enough to do that if I were facing years in prison and I had to leave my family and I knew that if I lied and just said, and I know a lot of people out there have had to experience this, hey, I feel horrible uh, for what happened For this guy to stand up there after everything he's been through and say, my conscience is clear and one day my maker is going to judge me and I'm not afraid of what he's going to see, that's what real bravery looks like when you're on the front lines facing substantial time in prison where I bet, Buck, this guy probably is not received very favorably in the prison. Former cops never are when they're having to serve time. And uh, I give credit to him. He's been done in injustice. And he is being punished based on identity politics and the virality of a story, not on an actual transgression that justifies this amount of time in prison. Just goes to show you as well, the lunatic Democrat governor of Minnesota not going to do anything here. I mean, th- this this is a perfect case where a governor should step in and pardon Officer to Thou. But you know why they wouldn't do that? You know how the governor of uh, governor of Minnesota would never justify doing that, even if he was a person of honor and uh, I don't even know who is the governor of Minnesota. It's a Democrat. I don't even know who it is. Um, but the way that that governor would justify it is, well, if we were to pardon two thousand, there might be more riots and burning down neighborhoods. Well, what does that tell us, everybody? What does that tell us about uh, the reality? Of what's going on, Governor Tim Waltz. I thought it was Tim Waltz. Yeah, he's a, a total Democrat functionary, awful and uh, and a coward. I'm sure on top of it, Clay. They're throwing this guy in prison for five years, treating him as an accessory to manslaughter, basically an accessory to murder. What exactly did he do? H- how could he have known that? George Floyd's heart was going to give out while he had tons of drugs in his system and had a heart condition and had a knee on his neck. While he refused to obey the police While officer, he refused to obey commands which after is commands after commands. How, how could he have known that that was happening? It, was, was he running an, you know, an electrocardiogram or something in the background? There's no way he could have known that. It's, well, this is a terrible injustice that is being done in the state of Minnesota. What you spoke to there, you said 
what is Tim Waltz, the governor of Minnesota, thinking? He's thinking the same thing that everybody thought as the 2020 election was going on. And I think it's important to keep pointing this out. They didn't put the plywood up on every window in every major American city because they thought Trump supporters were going to riot if he won. That was an implicit uh, an implicit message being sent. If you vote for Donald Trump, even if you're just a middle-of-the-road person and you're not interested, cities will burn. We are going to riot. We're going to loot. We're going to pillage. You better vote for our guy or there will be mass chaos. The judge, uh, I mean, rather, Tim Waltz back in 2020, judge upholds murder charges against Chauvin and other officers. Important step toward justice for George Floyd. An abject coward who should be ashamed of himself. As is, by the way, the fact that we have George Floyd statues. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And remember, George Floyd's funeral, you weren't allowed to say goodbye to your parents, but thousands of Democrats showed up, I believe it was in Houston, to celebrate uh, and memorialize George Floyd at his funeral when, at that time, groups of people were not allowed together to do anything. And then, of course, we saw the racial justice uh, protest when you weren't allowed to go uh, go to your actual job. Tens of thousands of people were able to take to the streets in close proximity all over America, and the public health authorities said, that's okay. Uh, data breach is more common than ever before. It matters because your information may be included in the stolen data. Worst part is you often have no idea it's happening until your accounts are drained or a loan's taken out in your name. It's the worst feeling. Best protection comes from LifeLock. LifeLock will detect and alert you to potential identity threats you may not spot on your own. They send you a text, an email, or they call you however you prefer to be reached, let you confirm deny the suspicious activity if you do become a victim of identity theft a dedicated u.s-based restoration specialist will work to fix it important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses but it's easy to help protect yourself with lifelock join now and save 25 percent off your first year with my name clay as your promo code call 1-800-LIFELOCK you can go online to lifelock.com you can also use promo code clay for 25 percent off that's lifelock.com promo code clay 25 percent off one truth revealed after another clay travis and buck sexton more than a movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies i'm your host alex fumero and each week i'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies from the godfather andy garcia he has the smarts of Vito, the temper of sunny the warmth of fredo and the coldness of michael to the og spy kid alexa penavega you had carlo gugino who's the coolest mom ever you had antonio who's handsome amazing charismatic and then carvin and juni i felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. 
I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I want to pause a minute and say thank you. Yesterday, Buck, when we started the show, my book, which is officially out today, American Playbook, was ranked the 15,422nd most popular book in America. We did an awesome signing at Bookends last night in New Jersey. Appreciate everybody who came out. Really fun. You guys were great. Right now, as we speak, Buck, American Playbook is the 38th most popular book in America. I have a challenge for everybody out there. Can you take it to number one overall? If you do, if we can take it to number one overall during the course of this uh, broadcast, I already said, Buck, that I would donate the proceeds to whoever the Republican nominee is. Here's an additional. I will give $10,000 to the Jan 6th Political Prisoners Legal Fund If you guys can drive this book, American Playbook, go to Amazon right now, type in my name, Clay Travis. If you guys drive it to number one before the show is done today, I'll make an additional $10,000 donation to the political prisoners of January 6th. Innovation Refund's been helping small businesses get a tax refund through the Employee Retention Credit. That's the ERC for short. If you own a business with five or more employees, you could have money waiting to be claimed. If your CPA said you might not qualify for the ERC, maybe worth getting a second opinion. Innovation Refunds will collaborate with your CPA to assess your eligibility, ensuring you feel confident before submitting your application. Innovation Refunds doesn't provide tax or legal advice. Instead, they work with an independent independent network of tax professionals, and they'll share information with them to evaluate and process your claims. Terms and conditions apply. They've been helping eligible businesses claim the ERC since 2021. Go to innovationrefunds.com. No upfront charges. They don't get paid unless you get paid. Call them as well. 1-843-REFUNDS. 1-843-REFUNDS. Website address, innovationrefunds.com. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. This is Regime Media, courtesy of NBC News. That's their analysis. It's the way they're trying to get everyone on the Democrat side ready to just hold their nose, close their eyes, and vote for Joe Biden. I mean, just don't worry about any of the stuff you see or hear from Biden, about Biden, all the Hunter Biden stuff. Yeah, it's all true, but put that aside. It's important to defeat Trump because otherwise our lives are all over and democracy comes to an end. You know, we all get it, right? We know that it's going to essentially be an anti-Trump campaign where at the end, when when you get to the bottom of the page, so to speak, it's, yeah, vote for Biden. Like No one thinks Joe Biden's great. And there was yet another. Uh, now, 
this is putting aside whether or not he's even going to stay as he is in the race. I do think that there's a little bit of concern among Democrats that the window is certainly closing. So if they're not in on the backroom deal to replace Joe, they're looking at the clock and they're realizing you can't do it just based on, as I've said, uh, the the machinery of state by state elections for 2024 and getting on the ballot and and deadlines and registration. If it's not done by December, it's not happening. If it's not done by December, it I means that, that you know, yeah. So so there's not really a lot of time here. There's time, but there's not a lot of time. And and you had yet another moment that I I know Democrats are all going to block this out, but I'm just going to say I'm going to give myself a little credit here, Clay. I've always seen through the Joe Biden. He's a nice guy. Maybe he's a little dumb, but he's a, you know, he's a good. No, that is all a fabrication. That is all what the media presented to people because it was saleable to those who don't actually see through things and don't see things for what they are. Joe Biden is a a absolutely soulless political operative who was credibly accused of sexual assault by one of his staffers, not like a Kavanaugh situation where people that can't even prove they ever met him speak about, you know, what's credible, what's not. Um, but Joe Biden uh, is also a jerk, as we know. He didn't uh, admit about his um, uh, his seventh grandchild. I've often told the story, Clay, of Biden would say, now he has suffered tragedy in his life and Everyone is sympathetic to people who suffer tragedy, family tragedy. But he chose to use those family tragedies at times in ways that were deeply inappropriate and dishonest. One of the worst ones was he used to tell people that his wife was killed by a drunk driver. Yeah. That's just not true. In fact, they believe that his wife ran, you know, it's a, it's an accident. It's terrible. I'm not saying it's not a tragedy, but they believe his wife either ran a red light or a stop, former, you know, former wife many years ago, uh, who's now deceased his first wife, um, that, you know, that, that it was essentially a traffic accident. She, you know, she may have caused and unfortunately tragically paid with her life. But he used to say that it was a drunk driver, right? Which is a lie. Okay. He also does this thing. This is why I'm talking about this with Bo Biden, where he does the whole, oh, yeah, you're a gold star family. I am too. No, he is not. This is not true. There's This is not his son. Yes, his son served. And by all accounts, Bo Biden was a good guy and he served his country. But, Clay, he died of a brain tumor. Yes. And Joe Biden creates this, oh, it's from burn pits because I say so. There's just He just says this because it's politically advantageous. So this mom at a forum in California yesterday, a gold star mom, spoke out about what it was like when she finally saw Biden when they got back stateside and he met the families who had lost their sons, their Marines, in the chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan. Remember the suicide bomber that uh, that that killed so many Marines? Here is what that mom said. Play clip uh, four. When he approached me, his words to me were, my wife Jill and I know how you feel. We lost our son as well and brought him home in a flag-draped coffin. My heart started beating faster, and I started shaking, knowing that their son died from cancer and they were able to be by his side. Also wondering how someone could honestly, sorry, be so heartless to say he knew how I felt a little over 24 hours and learning of my son's death. After this encounter, I have never had any personal correspondence, nor has my son been honored 
or his name spoken by this commander in chief or his administration. Buck, this is awful. Let's start here. This is awful. And whenever Trump had a conversation that anyone said was awkward with any former veteran, it was front page news on the New York Times, on the Washington Post, on CNN, on MSNBC. They focused on someone that Trump, you guys remember, uh, some of these calls that didn't go perfectly where you're calling someone who's lost their family. Remember, it's brutal. But to lie about an incredibly painful experience in your own life. I don't begrudge Biden being able to say, I know the pain of being able to lose a son. I've got three boys, Buck. It makes me sick to my stomach to even think about something like that. The grief that any parent would feel for their child dying from any way should be enough. That you would lie about a flag-draped coffin coming back from Iraq? That you would lie, as you mentioned, about the way that your wife died in a traffic accident? It's awful, terrible to lose a spouse in a traffic accident, no matter what the cause is. That you would feel the need to exaggerate the way that your son died and the way that your wife died to lie about it to me, goes to a fundamental void in your soul. And can you imagine if Trump did this, Buck? Can you imagine if Trump had had two family members die? How the media would have reacted? Because remember, first of all, you're blaming someone who was innocent, it appears, of all wrongdoing who got into an accident with your wife and saying you were a drunk driver who killed my wife, which is an awful thing to say. I'm sure it's traumatic for that driver, too, to I'm, be Imagine involved you're that, in that guy. Yeah. So a U.S. senator who has a much bigger megaphone and a lot more power than you is spreading the lie that you killed his wife. Yes. I mean, it would, be, it would be involuntary manslaughter. Yes, but correct. If you kill somebody in a drunk driving accident, you killed them. Yes. That's on you. If someone, you know, if she ran a stop sign or, you know, a, a tire blew out or there's an accident on the highway, it's terrible. It's tragic. Yes. It doesn't make you a bad, you know, reckless person. Though. Correct. And then to lie about the way that your son died and Buck to do it over and over again. He said that his son died in Iraq in public a ton of times he's stealing the valor of those who actually died in service and to me it just speaks to his the 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 lie that has been sold about joe biden from the get-go and to me it ties in also with that granddaughter that he refused to acknowledge until he got shamed this four-year-old little girl in arkansas they refused to hang a stocking for her when they hung a stocking for every other grandchild in their home. They refused to acknowledge that she existed. They went to court, Buck, to stop her from being able to use the Biden name. This is not a good man. This is not a decent man. This is a man that is a liar and a scoundrel and a deceitful individual. We have been sold a bill of goods about him. Back in 2015, Time Magazine, Bo Biden's dying wish was for dad to run for president. Um, 
This is a narrative that they have never been able to corroborate, but it's a narrative that they use, they deploy it to their advantage. Every Everything with Joe Biden is a question of political advantage. That's just who he is. That's who he, who he has always been. There's nothing that is sacred beyond what will help me in the polls. Let me just and mention this, Buck, too, to, to cut you off there, because this thing about Bo Biden and his dying wish, he had multiple kids. If I were laying in my deathbed, my dying wish, and I bet almost every parent out there who's listening to us, my dying wish would be do everything you can to help raise my kids to the best of your ability. It would never be for my dad to do something in his professional life. It wouldn't be for my mom to do something in her professional life. It wouldn't be for my wife to do something in her professional life. I just don't believe that. I don't don't believe believe that Bo Biden dying with young children, that his dying wish to his dad would be, Dad, please go run for president. Every parent in America, every parent in the world, if you were dying and you were able to give a dying wish, it would be for somebody to help your kids to the best of their ability rise to adulthood and be successes in life. There wouldn't even be a close second for me, Buck. 800-282-2882. 800-282-2882. What do you think about what this gold star mother said about Biden? Do you think that, to the initial point as well, the Biden brand, quote-unquote, is being tested in ways that Democrats are worried about? Planned Parenthood is an organization with few budgetary restrictions. Their taxpayer funding alone would sadden you if you found out how deep it goes. By contrast, the team at Preborn Network of Clinics don't benefit from taxpayer funding. They're a nonprofit. And preborn relies on donate donations, yours and mine, to provide services and support to pregnant women who are deciding on life or abortion for their unborn children. Preborn is proud to say they save the lives of 200 unborn children each day. Most often, when the team at Preborn provides an ultrasound to a pregnant mother, it helps them decide to give life to their child instead of choosing abortion. Just seeing the life inside their bodies, the movement of that child, the heartbeat on ultrasound makes it such an easy decision for so many mothers who are in a difficult place. Please sponsor A Precious Baby's Life today. Your tax-deductible gift will go directly towards saving babies' lives, so be as generous as you can. You're never going to regret giving a few extra dollars that save a baby's life. Use your cell phone to make a donation. Dial pound 250, say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, say baby. Or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Sponsored by Preborn. You don't know what you don't know, right? But you could on the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast. And this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. We got a lot of people who want to weigh in uh, with uh, with all these stories that are coming out about Joe Biden and his dishonesty and everything else associated with that. Um, and, Buck, I, I really do think every parent out there with young kids, what you I, I will tell you my first thought when I had my first child, I was 28 years old. He was born, and I bet it's almost the simultaneous thought that every mom and dad out there has when their first child is born. My first thought was, I really hope I live long enough to get him to adulthood. And then I had the same thought with the second, and I had the same thought with the third. And if something happened to me, what I think about all the time is, and I've talked about it with my wife, and we have debated who should raise our kid. This is a thing that every parent, the worst thing happens, that every parent thinks about. I don't think there is a single parent in America that if they had young children and they were dying, that they would say to their father or mother, I hope you do something in your professional career as my dying wish. I think this is a lie. Well, of course, but but it's it creates this this political mythology around Joe Biden as something other than a completely transparent, transactional Democrat machine politician who stands for nothing other than making sure he gets enough votes to keep collecting his two hundred thousand dollars salary and, you know, going to the Senate floor. That's it. Yeah. And and I just I mean, to use the death of your child and the death of your first wife. And clearly have exaggerated and lied how they died. It makes me think that this Bo Biden story really is totally made up. Um, Jeff in North Carolina, you wanted to weigh in on this. What you got for us? Hey, thanks for taking my call. I just, I, it's just so frustrating to think that I truly believe that the, the, the de- not the Democratic politicians, but just your average Democrat. I think they truly believe that. Yeah, he died in Iraq. And it's frustrating to to, to think that, you know, that these lies that he just 
over and over and over so many lies. But I, I really and truly believe that they, they, they believe that. They believe that everything he says is the truth. And well, they also believe they, they believe Russia collusion for like the first. Well, I think a lot of them still do, but they believe crazy things about especially about Trump, but crazy things as they are told by the Democrat Party. That's part of the signing on. I mean, you got to you got to say things. Men can be women. Right. We all know uh, Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. And John asked a good question that we raised on the show the other day. Um, and I do think this is remember the mythology of Joe Biden is built on a, a a hill of lies, mountain of lies. And remember that Obama turned down the endorsement of Joe Biden. It's pretty rare to say, hey, my vice president isn't ready to be president. I'm going to skip over him and go to Hillary Clinton instead. And I think that's when the Biden money spigot really got turned on and they were reckless. My theory is, as we talked about, Buck, that at that point in time, Joe Biden thought his career was over. And so he said, "Okay, let's get rich. I'm not going to worry about any of this. I don't think he ever thought that he would run for office because he thought Hillary was going to win and he'd be 82 when her two terms of running were up. I think that analysis is uh, is so tight that there's no alternative analysis, really. I I don't think there's an alternative explanation. I think that is the explanation. And then uh, here with John in Syracuse, New York, you've got a question here uh, about something that I think is true. What did you want to suggest? Your predecessor, I used to call very seldom, but lately I haven't been able to decide because I'm watching the Democrats. Instead of limited government playing a buck, we have unlimited government. Yes. And Obama, as president of the United States, nobody at talk radio will ask this question, and nobody will put me on. You're the first one that will put me on. Obama, did he know that Biden was on the take? It's a good it's a good question, John in Syracuse, New York. I think he probably did, Buck. I think he certainly knew about Hunter Biden's reckless behavior. And I think that may well have factored in to why uh, Obama, I think he also probably saw that Biden mentally and physically wasn't really there. I think that's why he picked Hillary. He knew him better than anybody. Obama, for all the things we could talk about with Obama policies and and Obama, the individual, um, he's got a solid. 15 to 20 IQ points on Joe Biden. <laughs> so more than that, I think, I think. I mean, you know, he's got a, he's got a lot. What I mean, he's he's a, he's a much more shrewd and calculating individual in many ways. Um, and I think he recognized that Biden. Look, Joe Biden was vice president for eight years, folks. If Democrats weren't aware at some level that he was a clown, he would have been the nominee in 2016. Hillary just. Shoved it. She just strapped on the pantsuit and shoved him aside like he wasn't even there. And remember, Hillary and Obama really went toe to toe. She tried to rip him to shreds. And yet Obama looked over Joe Biden and said, Hillary, you're my choice. And he didn't endorse in 2020. Yeah. He didn't say Biden's my guy. He knew him better than anybody. Why? I think Obama knew that Biden was filthy corrupt. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 